Good day, guys. Welcome to Head Over the Footy. We're going to be going through the 2024 AFL rule changes. They've been announced. I'm going to react to every single change that has been made. There are a couple of ones that I completely disagreed with, but on the other side, there are a few that I really like. So let's get into them. Okay, the first one we're going to go through is ruck contests. Players are now allowed to have a full stretched arm to block the other ruckman, um, but all they have to make sure they do is contest the ball. I think this is a great rule. We watch games of footy and we see these umpires blowing the whistles because a ruck has put their arm out completely out strengthened the opposition ruck and tapped the ball to their opponent the perfect ruck ruck craft but that's been penalized so I'm really glad now that we're going to be able to see this Max Gorn does it a lot and uh, Melbourne Twitter they they released a tweet of a video of Max Gorn doing it and they were quite uh, pleased about the rule change so I think it's a really good one we can see Ruckman now really dominate especially if they're they've got strength and they want to use their arms to uh, push another opponent aside or, or just hold them aside really with with a full stretched arm okay this one really got to me and it was a rule change that they made no more whistling is allowed on the bench now let me just read these comments to you from Laura Kane the executive general manager of football at the AFL she said whistling is not something that I want to see on the, on the sideline coaches high performance staff can still yell out Teammates can yell. All of that is fine, but for our umpires, our broadcasters, and everyone on the bench, whistling won't feature as part of our game moving forward. I just find this astounding, really. There's loud sirens that happen in our games of footy. There's music that they want to play in between goals. There's fans cheering. We love theatre in our game. Why can't coaches whistle if they want to whistle? What is wrong with that? Why can't coaches scream and, and, and yell she said that they can scream and yell but she said that they they can't whistle now sorry laura kane this isn't just laura kane's decision this is the afl's decision i want to know why whistling why they've had to point this out it, it, apparently now if an, if a coach whistles it's going to be a free kick against that coach now round one there could be a fan in the in the stands whistling and well, what happens if, if that fan is right behind the bench? How's the umpire going to determine who did the whistle? You know, we're not going to stop fans from whistling. If, um, if coaches want to whistle, let them whistle. I've got no issue with that. I don't know why we need to be making rules for this stuff. If a coach comes out and whistles in a way that's completely out of line, oh, well, great. We're going to find that coach for sure. He'll get penalised. But we don't need to make a rule. Sometimes, urgent situations, you're in a grand final, you, you need to make sure the player that's dominating the game is getting manned up at the stoppage. Why can't you get, let, let a coach whistle from the bench 30 metres away saying, get on him? I just don't understand. Theatre in our game is excellent. Let's not let something like this get in the way of it. That's my view. I'm pretty fired up about this because I just don't think it's necessary. Obviously, it's probably not going to happen that much in the games this season we won't see whistling we might see it once the first coach to do it it'll be a funny moment but I don't know why we've had to introduce this rule um, and yeah that's my view of it we're just going to pause the episode there just want to remind you to follow our Facebook TikTok and Instagram pages if you haven't already uh, that's where we put up all our good content all the little best bits from our full episodes get 
chopped up and posted on those social channels. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, give them a like or follow and I'll see you again soon. Okay, I'm pretty pleased about this rule change and it was the sub rule where now they're going to be naming 23 players. Last year it was 22 and the sub. So if a player went from um, the best 22 in the previous week and was going to be sub in the next game, he would be deemed, he or she would be deemed omitted. That clearly made no sense. It was a real headache for clubs because there'd be players that that happened to and people would think they'd be dropped. But in fact, an hour before the game, they'd find out that they're just a sub. So that just made no sense. Now they're going to be naming 23 players. Five will be on the bench and one of them will be announced as a sub. And that'll be one hour from the bounce. That's a just common sense move here from the AFL. It caused a lot of frustration for AFL clubs last year because players would be out of the team and they'd be deemed omitted when they were actually a sub. So good that they've cleared this up now and it's one rule that I'm a big fan of. This rule revolves around shoving and fend-offs. So when a player goes to shove or fending off, if it's deemed a strike by the umpire, that will be graded as intentional rather than careless. So that's what the change is. And I'm a fan of it. If someone's going to fend off and they're going to get someone in the face, and obviously if, if it's got to be bad enough for the umpire to deem it as a strike... Well, I don't mind that being intentional. Well, not really. I actually disagree with myself there, in fact. Because I don't know if it is intentional that players are, when they're fending off, that they're actually going to strike someone. Like, we see Dustin Martin going for fend-offs all the time. And some of them are aggressive. And they get people high. But I don't think they should be deemed strikes. Now... This is interpretation. If the umpires are going to start deeming Duster, Martin, Fendoffs as strikes, and then that becomes intentional rather than careless, well, then I've got an issue with it. But if it's something more severe than just the general Duster, Martin, Fendoff, and if it's something like almost a punch in the head or an open face punch in the head while fending off, well, that's a strike, and absolutely, that should be intentional rather than careless. I agree with that. So this one, I'm a little bit two ways on. It depends on how it's going to get interpreted. Um, the AFL, on their website, they've um, put a Charlie Ballard incident um, there as an example. Um, so I'm going to check that out right now and give you my thoughts on that example. Okay, the Charlie Ballard incident was pretty much an elbow to the head. So that's sort of referring to the pushing and shoving, which AFL players tend to do. Now, if they, they're doing the pushing and shoving and, you know, it's a severe shove into the, the chest or the neck or the head, well, I don't want to see that in our games. And I'm actually a fan of that being intentional because it is intentional. Why are you off the side of, the side of play? You're shoving someone, um, you know, that's intentional. It's not careless. So I'm a big fan of that because... That sort of stuff that get, gets seen in the AFL happens at local level. And at local level, it's it's a lot harder to control and things can escalate. So I'm a big fan of this. We don't need to be seeing that pushing and shoving in the AFL. 
yes, okay, we might see some pushing and shoving, but it's not striking. If they're going to start forcibly hurting people, well, we're going to stamp that out, and I'm a big fan of this rule change. But oh, there's a bit to go under the bridge here. The way it's been written, I am slightly unsure of how it's going to play out. And I think people might have this view as well, um, and we'll, we'll see it transpire. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up our reaction to the 2024 AFL rule changes. Obviously, some really good changes put in there, some that I didn't disagree with. But overall, I'm pretty pleased with the rule changes that have been made in 2024. So well done to the AFL. It's never an easy job, but I reckon overall they've done a really good job this year. So well done to them. Obviously, some big moments in our game, some big issues that we're facing at the moment. So hopefully uh, that can all be resolved and we have another cracking season of footy. Okay, I'm going to read this smother rule out to you, which the AFL has introduced. If a player leaves the ground to smother and hasn't taken all reasonable steps to avoid contact or minimise the force of high contact, his actions will be deemed careless at a minimum by the match review officer. Now, my issue with this rule, and I, I dislike it because for this reason, my issue with this rule is if a player goes to smother, it's not him that's the only one responsible for making sure that a bad incident doesn't occur. It is also the player that's on the other side, the one that is going to get smothered, that has to also take reasonable steps to ensure that they don't enter into a collision. And the Maynard incident last year is a prime example. Maynard was going in one path and Brayshaw was going in another path. Now, Brayshaw didn't, he decided to actually go into Maynard's path. Maynard was there in front of Brayshaw, running towards him, and Brayshaw decided to take the risk and kick the ball over Maynard's head, knowing that pressure was coming. It's up to both players to ensure that a collision isn't going to happen. Now, if you're a defender and there's an attacker, the defender is going to try and go for the ball. Do we want to stop that defender from going at that ball? No. The attacker has to also make sure that he's doing something to avoid that defender. Now, if, if they want to really put their body at risk, well, they can do that, but an injury may occur. So my point is it goes two ways here. Both players... The person that's smothering and the one that is potentially going to have his ball smothered, they have to make sure that an incident doesn't occur. So there's a balance. If the player is going to go continue into the path of the person that's smothering, well, the ball's firstly going to get smothered, and secondly, the player himself may get hurt. So that's what I that's what I that's how I viewed. Maynard's smother last year, which ended up getting Angus Brayshaw concussed. Now, in my view, I thought Brayshaw should have done more to protect himself. He knew Maynard was coming at him at a quick pace. He decided to continue on his own path, Brayshaw, and kick on his right foot. He could have kicked on his left foot. He could have stopped and handballed to avoid that pressure and avoid 
a big smother from happening or a bump, which which ended up being the case. Now, Maynard obviously has to ensure that he also isn't going over the top. But when you go for a smother and jump and you're in the air, you don't have control. So that's where he, he had no control. What could he do, have done there? So the AFL, if that happens again this year, Maynard's getting a week. Well, it's going to be careless, and then he could get a week. Or he could get multiple weeks. Now, I disagree with that. And if Maynard does the same smother this year, I think it shouldn't be a suspension at all. But the way the AFL see it is it will be. I'm obviously disappointed for Brayshaw. I wanted him to be playing. Disappointing news not to see him out there. And unfortunately, he had that concussion. But I want to also stress that accidents do happen in our game. And players need to make sure they're taking care of themselves and also others around them. But we don't want to take physicality out of the game. It's a high-pressure game. It's, it's a contact sport. We don't want to take out these high-intense, attractive, big plays out of our game. A smother, how good is it? We want to see players being aggressive and closing down a ball. That's exactly what our game is for. It's for the big bumps. It's for the big speckies. And we are just not unfortunately, being able to see these moments. Now, players need to ensure that they're protecting themselves and others. It's a high-intensity game, and the rules need to work with that while finding a balance. And I think at the moment, enough isn't being done to ensure that players aren't are, are, are protecting themselves. At the moment, players are willing to go in, into the contest at full intensity. And if, if pressure's coming, they've got to do something to avoid that. And that's where I believe Brayshaw went wrong. This rule change, rundown tackles. They're keeping an eye on the force in which uh, tacklers are holding the ball carrier. Now, I'm a big fan of this rule because sometimes you just tackle someone, you get them too good that they've got no control over their own body. I believe that players need to improve their tackling techniques here to ensure that the person getting tackled isn't getting absolutely smashed. We want to protect the head. We know how important concussion is. So I'm a big fan of this rule. Tacklers, if they know they're about to tackle someone and get them good, well, don't just grab them and tackle them as hard as you can. Think about actually protecting their heads. And I think that's what this rule change really focuses on, which I'm a big fan of because we know what concussion and we see some of the incidents in, in the game that heads getting sort of slung to the ground. The tackler, they need to have more control over the opposition player. So I'm a fan of this rule. We're just going to pause the episode there. Just want to remind you to follow our Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram pages if you haven't already. Uh, That's where we put up all our good content, all the little best bits from our full episodes get chopped up and posted on those social channels. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, give them a like or follow, and I'll see you again soon. Okay, this rule change is if it's graded severe, but only the minimum penalty is sought, the MRO can 
prescribe a sanction and the player can submit an early guilty plea without the case having to be referred directly to the tribunal. I'm a fan of this rule. It's just going to save time and it's going to make things more efficient where it's necessary. The finals ranking. So now if you finish on top but lose that first qualifying final, well, you could potentially not be the top-ranked team in the AFL competition. So I'm a fan of this rule because a lot of the time, okay, I understand home and away is super important. If you finish on top, well done. You deserve that. But often that first final actually decides which team is is better at the time. If Collingwood plays Melbourne in that first final, say, the qualifying final last season, Melbourne plays Collingwood, right? And whoever wins that game, you're probably saying after that match, well, they're they're the best team in the league. They've just beaten the the top the top team. They deserve to be the 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 best team right now in the AFL. I think a lot of the time that is the case. So, I'm a fan of this rule. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up our reaction to the 2024 AFL rule changes. Obviously, some really good changes put in there, some that I didn't disagree with. But overall, I'm pretty pleased with the rule changes that have been made in 2024. So well done to the AFL. It's never an easy job, but I reckon overall they've done a really good job this year. So well done to them. Obviously, some big moments in our game, some big issues that we're facing at the moment. So hopefully uh, that can all be resolved and we have another cracking season of footy.